Hey there, and welcome back into the pickle jar. This is Jill, your host. Now, today is a very, very special day. Today is the one year pickle anniversary of the Pickle Potch podcast when I decided to take a chance and do something that I had no idea on how to do. And I started the Pickle Jar podcast because it was something I felt was so important. And I felt it was so important because I live with adrenal insufficiency and I know how hard it is for people to connect with this illness. And what a wonderful thing that we have technology, that we have podcasts, that we have ways of reaching out to each other. And not only did I did it for myself, I did it for my dad because my dad lived with adrenal insufficiency. He he passed away from an adrenal crisis six years before I was diagnosed. He was only 56 and he never had anybody, which, you know, and it's something I still commonly hear through this podcast, you know, you know, you guys reach out to me and you're like, you know, you're the first person I've talked to with um, and connected with, with adrenal insufficiency. And, um, you know, and my, my dad's been gone 20 years and, you know, and that's something that, that sh shouldn't be happening now. We should be able to connect. And I'm so grateful for this podcast and I'm so, so grateful for your time and for you tuning in and just kind of letting me open up to you because these these podcasts let me tell you even though I've been doing them for a year and I'm proud to say you know we have over 140 episodes countless hours I have put into this because it is my passion and I still don't know what I'm doing I completely wing these episodes okay so and a little fun fact is I never re-listened to them because I am so self-conscious I would just critique myself and every episode I would want to re you know re record because I stumbled here. I did this. I should have said that I have this idea now. Um, but I believe in the universe and I believe in whatever's meant to be will be. So I'm just kind of putting what I have out there. And I hope that it's something that is helping you on your journey. So thank you for joining me today. And again, we're at like over 23,000, I think plays over 60 countries. It's absolutely, absolutely incredible. So thank you so much. So this episode today, I'm going to call it the power of five. Um, if you don't, if you haven't listened to some of the past episodes and know a little bit about my history, I am uh, 40, almost 48 years old. I have three um, grown children. I have a son that's 22 and I have twin daughters that are 19 years old. And um, when I was, you know, 24 and I was pregnant with my son. I had been married nine months and five days. My my first husband was killed. And I was instantly thrown into, you know, the pits of grief. And, you know, looking back now, it just kind of blows my mind to think, you know, I'm 47 years old. And I can say I've been a widow for, for, for you know, 20, 23 years. It just kind of the whole devastating loss. Just it's honestly, it's more real to me now in some ways, because, um, I look back at it through different eyes. I, it's kind of like, there's two different worlds. I look back at myself as a different, different person. And I feel for that, that young girl that was going through so much that was put so much was put on her shoulders. And, you know, to be honest, I just did it because I had to, I, I didn't have a choice. And, um, 
And then looking back now, like I realized how young I was and just, just how incredible that loss was. And it's like every experience in life, I believe we need to grow from it. We, we, we're here, I believe for an experience. And that was an experience I had to go through. And I made a lot of choices back then. And, you know, and those choices, because I made those choices, I learned a lot of lessons. I, I grew as a human and, you know, obviously looking back, there's a lot of things that I would do differently because I was a different person with my knowledge now, with my wisdom now through time. Um, there's a lot of things if I could go back and, you know, I did a, a podcast once and I was asked, you know, if there's somebody from, you know, any person that you could go back and spend time with, who would it be? And I chose myself. I would go back and I'd crawl in bed with that, you know, 24 year old girl who was, you know, I was eight weeks pregnant. We hadn't even told our families yet. And it was Father's Day weekend. And I would just go in bed and I would hold her and I would say, you know what, just take it one day at a time and you're going to get through this. You don't feel like it. You don't feel like you're going to, but but you're going to and give her just some little tips and advice just lovingly and hopes that she she does them to help herself heal and there are so many things now looking back from that journey of grief what i went through that i've learned to apply to living with a chronic illness because there's definitely a grief process um you know when i lost my husband i truly learned to listen to my own heart. Um, I knew the people in my world had no idea what I was experiencing. They had no idea how hard it was to get out of bed. They had no idea how scared I was because how would they know? They had, I wouldn't have a clue if it was somebody else. I wouldn't have a clue. So one thing I learned was not to pass judgment on people. I knew most people were doing their best for me. Because as lost as I was for myself, they were just as lost for me. They were grieving the loss. They were grieving watching me go through what I was going through. And, you know, it's important to acknowledge that journey for them as well. And I very quickly, very quickly learned that depending on the day, you know, somebody could say one thing to me one day and the exact same thing to me the next. And I could, I would have two totally different experiences with it. And it was nothing that they did. It was how I responded to it. And that depended on sleep. It depended on my movement. It depended on the grief cycle I was in. There's so many different factors. And I very quickly learned that I had to control how I was feeling. And again, not pass judgment on others because most people, most people meant well. They were just completely lost on what they could do for me, what the right thing was say, could say to me. And I... And I find I struggle now when I meet someone who's lost a spouse, who's going through a loss, you know, I feel those same things. I'm, I'm so worried about saying the wrong thing. I'm so worried about upsetting them and hurting their hearts more. Um, that's why communication is so important. Um, 
I learned that I was moving forward from the loss. I was moving forward with my life. I wasn't moving on. The word to move on to me means like I was leaving something behind and I was never going to leave him behind. I was taking him with me for the rest of my life. And once I got those words and, and I use that in my illness, I'm moving forward with my illness. I'm moving forward. I'm always going to have it. It's always going to be, you know, part of my journey. Um, I did a podcast with um, my friend Scott in Michigan. And I remember he used the word maneuver. And that was like magic to me. He's like, I maneuver around this illness. He had this illness. He's had adrenal insufficiency since he was four years old. He's 50 now. And he's like, you know, as life changes, I learned to maneuver around it. And the power in those words was life changing for me. I need to maneuver with this. I had to maneuver with grief. Every day is different. We don't live in a box. Okay. We don't, you know, where we were today isn't where we were when we were diagnosed. It's not where I was, you know, when I was, you know, when I lost my husband, I've learned to maneuver around it as my life changed. And to me, that is key. Um, music for me has been absolutely, absolutely incredible. Um, I want to share with you. Um, actually, there's a Garth Brooks song and, and the words in the Garth Brooks song is, and I can't remember the name of the song right now. I hear your voice and it keeps me carrying on. It's something like that. Um, and that was a song in my grief that I listened to over and over again because it reminded me that, you know, my husband's voice was there. He was still there pushing me to carry on and, and to move on with my life. But I want to share with you a moment that I had. Um, and again, it's something that's come back to me in the last kind of week or so and the power of that moment and so what it was it was a Kenny Chesney song the good stuff and my son was maybe a year old so I was you know maybe possibly uh, a year a good year and a half um maybe a little bit more into my grief from the loss of my husband it was summer it was warm outside I remember Jared had his little shorts on and his little sandals and his little ball hat. And um, he was playing on the swing set and I had built a deck because my husband had wanted a deck. So I had somebody build a deck and I'd put a, a garden in the back corner because I wanted a garden, but I was given specific instructions. Um, when we talked about putting a garden in that the garden had to be far enough away from the fence so that he was able to fit the lawnmower. He was very, you know, very, you know, specific about lawn cutting and stuff like that. It had to be very, you know, he had to be able to cut around my garden if I had a garden. So I made sure that garden was set up properly so that when I cut the grass, I could do it just like he wanted to. And I remember sitting there on that deck. And at this point in my grief, my world, I would say, was a mess. Um, the house wasn't clean. Things were chaotic. Just, everything was just so heavy inside. And the pain was just... The pain was just unbelievable. I think I even had, like, a garbage bag, like, just randomly placed throughout the house to throw garbage in. I just, I just didn't really care. There was no... There was no light. I used to tell people there's no... There's no color in my world anymore. Everything's just black and white. There's no emotion. There's no, just no nothing. I'm just going through the motion still. And I sat on that deck and 
I watched that little boy play. And I remember thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And I had, you know, my tiny little ghetto blaster because that was a long time ago. And the radio was on. And a Kenny Chesney song came on. The good stuff came on. And if you know that song, I was sitting there and I can tell you it was like, it was like I could, like I can still remember this moment. It was like Derek was sitting beside me and he just quietly said to me, please just listen to these words. Please just listen. Um, please listen because I can't watch you hurt anymore. And some of the words in the, the, the essence of the song is about an, a newly married, like married couple, which him and I would have been. And they have their first big fight and the husband leaves and he ends up at a local bar to have a drink. And the bartender tells them, you know, he asked for the good stuff, right? Because they had their first big fight and he wants a good drink. And the bartender says, you know, that's not the good stuff. You know, you know, the good stuff is the love. You know, that's the stuff that pulls you through. That that's, you know, it's all the things in life. That that's the good stuff. And I heard the words of that song. And I remember just sitting there thinking, you know, how heavy that pain was and that grief and that fear and everything that I was going through. It was like Derek saying to me, you know what? Like This hurts. This hurts bad. But I can tell you there's one thing that's stronger than that. And that's how much I love you and how much you love me. And that's, that's the good stuff. And no matter what, you're going to get through this. <laughs> it was like it was like all these lights came on and I remember I, I stood up from that deck I called that little boy in that house and we went in and we started putting our lives back together but it wasn't going to be an easy task <laughs> um I had a lot of work to do and and all I did was I gave myself that love that I know I I needed to do and it was, I just started very slowly taking little steps. I knew I couldn't go in and put that house and put our lives back together and get through this, you know, just by, you know, in a split second, it was going to take, honestly, it's going to take the rest of my life. It's going to be something I deal with the rest of my life, but I had to start taking those steps, steps forward. And then people started asking me and saying to me, you know, I, you know, Thing. I don't, you know, I hear it all the time. I don't know how you're going to get through this. I don't know how you do this. And I started just saying to them, yeah, I can do this. And I'd say with a lot of confidence and they kind of look at me funny and they say, well, what do you mean you can do this? I'm like, oh, I'll, I'm, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what, what do you mean you're going to be, you're going to be fine. And my answer was always, I know how much Derek loves me. And I know that man would move heaven and earth. He would sell his soul to the devil for me and for Jared. There's no doubt in my mind, in my heart. And I can tell you, I'm not going to let him do that. So I have to find a way. I have to fight and I'm going to find a way. And I can tell you, I do not, I do not love myself enough 
to fight this part. But I love him and I love that little boy enough to fight as best as I can just to try. And that's why I know I'm going to be okay. <laughs> and if I'm not okay, <laughs> I know Derek's not going to be too impressed with me. So um, I always think back and I think, oh, you know, what would, what would he want me to do? He'd want me to live. He'd want me to find a way. I knew he wanted me to have a wonderful life. And it was up to me. It was very unfortunate that I was 24 and pregnant and in that situation but I had to make choices and I made those choices and they gave me so many lessons that when I became you know when I was diagnosed with adrenal insufficiency you know I was able to use those lessons to move forward with this illness I knew the things I could overcome I knew that people meant well I knew people didn't you know mean to say things that um that sometimes hurt you know I learned to walk away from situations um that I needed to, to walk away from and there's just so many so many things that I learned about following my heart and then you know in the last little bit in the last three years I've been probably for the last 20 years, I've been on a very different journey and it's brought me very different struggles to go through. And a lot of those things that I just talked about helped me get through that, especially in the last three years. And now, now I'm at a point where I thought my life was going to be a little bit different than what it is right now. I thought my healing would be a little bit different. And I kind of started forgetting to follow my heart. And I started to forget, I think I started putting too much on my plate, too many expectations for myself. And it was, it was hurting me. So what was happening in the last little bit is when I hit these low cortisol days, and I do truly believe in, you know, you know, going back to the loss of my husband, you ever lost somebody in a very unexpected way. And you go into that state of shock to protect yourself, um, I definitely believe, you know, you can't feel emotions until they're there. And, but when they're there, you need to acknowledge them and you need to deal with them. That's part of the healing process. And that's kind of what I'm going through right now. I think there's a lot of emotions inside of me, not from the death of my husband. Partly, yes, that's never going to go away. Let, let, let me say that. Um, but it, it's part of another journey that I've been on. There's a lot of anger, a lot of, um, a lot of anger and a lot of self doubt and emotions about myself that I need to process. And they're kind of starting to come full surface. And what I find when I have low cortisol and I've set these expectations on my life of what I want to do, they kind of work against each other. And my low cortisol days lately have been, I'm going to use the word torturous <laughs> um emotionally so not only do i have the physical stuff but i'm going through something very very new emotionally that when i have low cortisol days and there's a lot of anger and it took me a while to figure out i think at this point 
what's going on. And, you know, in my past, my low cortisol days used to be my, where I felt safe. So things would get to a point in my world where I was pushed to the point of low cortisol and not being well and being scared. And I would go to rest and that's now my safe place because what was going on in my world would now stop and I could reset. And then when I would return back into that world after I rested, you know, we'll just say, I might get them mixed up. We'll just say Jekyll's turned back into Hyde or vice versa. However, the, the personalities worked. Um, and having low cortisol was actually my safe place. It's where it was something that when it happened, the other factors in my life, I could control them. I could stop it for everybody. And now when low cortisol hits, I'm hit with all these emotions these anger of things that are coming to the surface because I find you know my anxiety goes up and then um I'm dealing with all these these triggers from my past and and it's been it's been a nightmare and it feels like it's suffocating me and but I truly believe they're there for a reason okay I have to work through them okay they're there they're stored deep inside of me and they got to come out and I want them out and it's not going to be fun. It's like, you know, the journey of grief with my husband, it was not fun. There's good days, bad days. Even when I made that decision that day to go in the house and start putting my life back together, there were still days where I did not want to get out of bed and I was angry and I went through all those stages of grief, but I looked at it through a new lens, through a new eyes. I opened my heart a little bit more and I was moving forward. I wasn't moving on. I was moving forward. And that's all that was mat that all that matters. So that's what I'm doing right now is trying to find ways now to maneuver through this illness with what I'm being presented because it's forever changing. Um, so what happened was the other day I was listening to the radio again and a song came on the radio and it's a new song by Luke Combs. And it's called Love You Anyways. And if you haven't heard the song, please, please go find it. It's a beautiful song that he wrote for his wife. And um, it was like, it was that reminder that I needed. And the words in the song that really got me was, and again, this is what brought me back to that moment on the deck to remind me of, you know, why, why I'm fighting um, and how important it is that I'm always going to win. Okay. No matter what I'm always, whatever you're going through, that grief was bad. That loss was bad. He reminded me, you know what, you're going to get through this because love is stronger than the grief. And this was just a reminder, I think of the power that I have to control the things that I can, and that I can get through what I'm going through right now. And the words in the song is, even if I didn't know the day we met, you. even if I knew the day we met, you'd be the reason this heart breaks, I'd love you anyways. And what that did for me was it reminded me of my kids. And 
and of the first husband yes <laughs> even if the day i met him i was told of the loss i was going to experience i'd do it again and these words remind me made me think of you know if at the start of my existence if i was told this is going to be your journey welcome to the world <laughs> You are going to have a wonderful childhood. You're going to have an amazing dad. Who's going to love you unconditionally. But he's going to have an illness. And that illness is called Addison's disease. And one day you're going to lose him to that illness. But before that, you're going to lose a husband. And you're going to be pregnant. And you're going to feel so much pain. And then after you lose your dad, you're going to get that illness. And you're going to have another challenge in your life that's going to bring you so much hurt. And take away things from you that you had no idea was possible. But there's going to be three little beings in that world. And those three little beings are going to be the brightest little lights that you could have ever imagined. And they're going to give you so much love. And they are going to, you are going to love them so much. And you're going to have so much love in your life from other people. It's going to be worth it. Because that love is always going to win. That love is always going to pull you through. If you just listen to your heart. And you keep trying to move forward. And not move on. So. Those words. Even if I knew the day we met. You'd be the reason this heart breaks. I'd love you anyways. That reminded me that. No matter what my journey is. And no matter what it's going to be. Because I have no idea what's coming. <laughs> and and you know what? Some days with what this girl's been through. And I know a lot of you listening have been through. Just, just, just things beyond imaginable. You know. We could get through this. Just one day at a time. And just learning to love ourselves. And to move forward. And it just kind of reignited that spark for me that that I really, really needed right now. And so what am I doing now? So what am I doing now to take those steps forward? Because I, like I said, I stopped listening to my heart. I started setting my expectations too high. And then I was getting angry. I was getting so angry. Why isn't my life the way it's supposed to be? And that's not right my life is going to be whatever my life is. And I need to find gratitude for all the good stuff in my life. And so what am I doing now? I am finding ways to make myself feel safe. That's my new thing. I, I'm very much a list person. So I've gone back to what has helped me survive the last few years, those tools that I know that works for me, psychologically, emotionally, all those things. Um, 
So I've gone back to making a list. I'm a list person. If I have a list, I feel more in control. For me, control is a big thing. I've lived in a very toxic environment where I had no control. And so I need to have control. When my cortisol is low and my anxiety goes up, I think that's why I tend to, I don't rest. I, I keep busy now. And it's because I have to ease that anxiety inside of me that, that's triggered me. So um, I now ask myself, what do I need to do to feel safe? And then I take that list and I prioritize what I need to do. Um, I'm going to start meditating a little bit more and just having those quiet moments of breathing, writing in my journal. And when I write my journal, I write down, you know, I write to the universe. I just write, dear universe, I trust you. Um, you know, just please guide me. Just, you know, just bring to me the people that I need. I write, I write things like that. And if you've never tried that before, um, I, I, I really, you know, encourage you to Sarah Prout. I love her. Um, you know, Google her. She's amazing. And she, and learning how to, how to journal to the universe is it's, you know, what? I'm, I'm not saying this is not a word of a lie. I would journal in my journal, dear universe. I need, you know, someone to help you know, guide me through this, please, you know, whoever you think, blah, blah, blah. And I would get a text from somebody like literally like 20 minutes later. And I'd be like, um, like I just did this. And their response would be, yeah, weird. Like I just thought of you all of a sudden. I thought maybe I should reach out to you. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's really mind blowing. So please, please give it a try. So I'm doing things to make myself feel safe. I'm making a list. I'm going to try and meditate more. I'm going to journal more. Um, I'm going to really focus on moving forward with this illness and where I am at this stage and just acknowledging that. And part of that is what I mentioned, the power of five. So when I made that decision, when I went back in the house to start putting my life together, um, like I said, it was overwhelming. So I started to do just, you know, five, 10 things. It didn't matter what it was. Just five, 10 things to put my life back together whatever felt right, whatever was easy, you know, and sometimes honestly, it was picking up a Kleenex off the floor and putting it in the garbage. I'd just find five things. And those five things, those 10 things, whatever I did, you know, over the course of a few days, weeks, months, they add up to hundreds of things that I was doing to move forward with honestly, with barely little effort. So to ease my anxiety, to make myself safe, I've gone back to that. You know, I'm calling it the power of five. What five things can I do right now? What's most important to me right now to make myself feel safe, to make my anxiety, you know, subside a little bit. And it worked great last night. You know, I have all these things that I want to do and I get these podcasts and business ideas and all these things going. And that's my triggers from my past. Everything's got to do now. And I have a tendency to jump too far in the for into the future and amplify that anxiety. So I'm trying to stop that cycle within myself. So last night there was all kinds of things that I had to do. I wanted this done, this done, and this done. And I just said, you know what, just do five. So I did five and then I gave myself permission to walk away with no anxiety. I slept better. I felt better. My stress levels were down. And when my stress levels are down, my cortisol is better. And I'm not going to hit those low cortisol, cortisol days as, as much as I did before. And that's super, super, super important. So, so that's what I wanted to share with you on today's episode. And if you have a chance, if you're interested, you can go back to episode three, which is my life before the pickle jar. If you would like to listen to that, 
And episode 49 is um, an episode, it's called The Journey Back to Me. And it's, I was in a book called Pain, Turning, Transforming Pain into Purpose. I wrote a chapter kind of about, you know, my life, my grief, my loss, and how I've used that in my journey with chronic illness. So you're more than welcome. And I'd appreciate it if you went back and listened to that episode as well. So So thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please just do me a favor. Please just hit the subscribe button so you get notifications um, on this and please share the podcast. I truly, truly appreciate it. And, And again, thank you so much for joining me and opening up your world and inviting me in. I truly appreciate you being on this journey with me and, and especially on today, because this is my pickle anniversary with the pickle podcast with over 140 episodes. And, um, I truly look forward to bringing you more, I hope useful episodes to help you on your journey. So thank you again. And until next time, please be well, my pickles.